0: Radio Lockdown is a Neptune podcast. I
1: love to see your feet, the
2: the, feet, beside beside the feet. Feet. So close. So close to being in harmony. I just wanted them to get it right at the end, you know?
0: I'm so sad that that's the end.
2: <laughs> of that little adventure.
0: I really thought they'd harmonise by the end there. <laughs>
2: I mean, you can't always get what you want.
0: As we've learnt time and time he, over. As
2: his wife has learnt.
0: As his wife has learnt.
2: Knock or
0: swim. Welcome back to the podcast. This is, of course, part two that we're in now. Oh, yeah, right. <clears throat> Remember, yep. we're in part two. We This is a separate recording time that we're spending. Oh, boy. <laughs> what have you been doing in the meantime, Darcy?
2: Uh, swimming, but as said, Just being... adulterously. <laughs> Not seeing eels. Thinking I mean, about eels. I, thinking about seeing eels.
0: Well, maybe we'll see some eels later. I'm so
2: excited.
0: <gasps> there, maybe there may be some. There's a jeopardy here. We're not <laughs> recording this all out of order. Uh, I hope you've been having a lovely break. Uh, it's been oh, it's been such a time.
2: What I did want to say was, please, um, we just listened to this lovely song about the sea, and we're maybe checking out some eels later. Yeah. Have you had to, to like cancel any largest events yet because of this?
0: I haven't. Uh, The only Facebook event that I had for this year was watching the McElroy Brothers appear in Trolls 2, and that did not get a cinematic release because of coronavirus. So that's been the real sticking point of my social calendar. What about yours?
2: Uh, Nothing. Nothing huge. Um, One of my mates' family owns a holiday house down um, by the seaside, and we go there sometimes and just get drunk. We sometimes make it to the beach there, but we're sort of sitting around, and I'm like, it is, it's very sad. We're going to miss doing something fun for our friend's birthday, and it's really nice when we go down there, blah, blah, blah. It is so fucking cold. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to miss seeing everybody. But since me and my friend did the – did I tell you about the Looney Duke?
0: The Looney Duke?
2: So the Looney Duke – a duke is um like a dunk, like going into the water, and loony is for a crazy person. And this is a thing that you can do in Scotland. The day after New Year's, where you – go into the freezing cold harbour in a costume, preferably, and you go do a little parade. So the first part of this night was we, we had a fair few drinks and we then attended a jazz band. It was Duke Ellington's arrangement of the Sugar Palm Fairy, like Tchaikovsky's... Um, oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, it was so... So specific. See, the the good thing is, at the moment, it's irresponsible to hang out with the elderly, and you're the closest I can get, so thank you.
2: (laughs) Anyway, everything was fine. We both have all of our feet intact, and really, the upshot is...
0: What's the moral of the story there, Darcy?
2: It's not so bad, uh, having to cancel things, because I don't want to go to the ocean when it's Looney Duke cold. So I'm missing my friends, but not super bummed about missing the beach today.
0: Can't believe you brought that back. That's how professional this operation is. You can cut all of that. I just really wanted to tell you that story. Oh, don't worry, I will be cutting It's such a good I think ninety five percent. I'll keep a little. (laughs) I'll keep a I'll keep a taste. What are the salient points? What are the points you want in the podcast?
2: That we forgot to bring shoes and then we thought we were going to die.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll just put those in there without any context and then people will be like... Yeah,
2: solid. Put in there without any context me talking about robbing someone. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was thinking like, hmm, maybe I can just cut in Darcy saying I could take him." <laughs> I
2: reckon I could take it. I obviously could not, but I was chilly.
0: There was a slight breeze, and so I thought I could... I got pretty dark pretty quickly. So did we want to talk about industries that are thriving? Oh, well, first we should go back to the interview with Angus.
2: Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. Ah. <laughs> Time warp that we've
0: fallen into.
2: All right. Let's so go yeah, back we've to the had interview. a lovely break. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. We've had a lovely break between podcasts. Oh, let's all have a stretch. Oh, we've had that break. Feels good. Oh, let's listen to Angus some more. And also me. I'm there. So yesterday we talked about the app's high uptake despite a range of technical problems and started to go into the government's intentions with the app, including Minister Hunt's legal determination that the data, a phone number, age range, postcode and full name or pseudonym, can only be used for the purpose of COVID-19 contact tracing. If you've got any questions about the discussions in either of these episodes, please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can either email us at Neptunetoday at gmail.com or just jump on any of our social platforms that have a messaging thing. Uh, we'd love to look into this one further. I know we've talked about it for a startlingly long time, but there's still plenty that we could go into. Claim five So claim five, I kind of cheated here because it's sort of a subclaim of claim four. Though the data on your phone is stored locally, your phone could be seized by police and then used to track everyone you contact. Um, And by contact, I mean, make contact with via the Bluetooth connection. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they could, but at at the moment that's illegal because you would not be using that for the purpose of contact tracing. Well, I mean, you'd be using it for contact tracing, but not COVID-19 contact tracing which is the limited purview under the determination.
1: Yeah. One thing I'd say there is basically if the determination expires and the parliament doesn't reinforce it by law, and you can sound about that, delete the app. Um, as long as there's legislation in place that's preventing that, then obviously that's not a use case if that's it's going to be acceptable. Uh, it, it may happen, but what... Are going to be the outcomes of that if you have any legal representation you're not going to be able to it's not going to be able to be used against you as evidence under the current legal situation the other thing is though i should
0: say that sorry i should say that if you're going to delete the app because you're concerned about the data you do need to then further request that your data be deleted off of the servers deleting the app does not delete your data off of other people's phones and, and delete it out of the system. So you do need to separately go to the government and request yep. once any records have been have been made. Um, if you're going to do that, if you have those concerns, follow through with it.
1: Yeah. The the other thing as well is though that at the point where your phone has been taken from you and the police have required you to unlock the phone. Um, I'm I'm not sure whether Queensland law allows for that. Um, but if you're at that point, the police will already have your phone, your both, you know, text and Facebook messenger. They'll, they'll have just a huge amount of information about you based on your phone. And so that's, I think, a very justifiable concern about the police taking your phone and using that against you. But I think that's something that isn't so much an issue here as it potentially could be with Queensland's law. It, it sort of seems like a proxy fight.
0: I'm also pretty certain that if the police seized your phone, then all they could actually do with the coronavirus app is, like, report that you've had coronavirus and then you would end up with the government Yeah, they could the, say you've the got phone the virus. numbers. They, they would basically have to go into the app, claim that you got the virus, and then call all those people, right? That would add it to Yeah, you.
1: look, I, I see it as being, as being a very limited utility to to a police state.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I'm all about utility to the police state, so I'm not getting this app. (laughs) I want an app that's going to tell the police exactly where I am at all times. Um, uh, Yeah, Yeah, it's probably there. Jonathan Sri, who's the councillor for the GABA, Greens councillor, gives a scenario that includes contact records that other phones have uploaded, could be cross-checked against other data sets, e.g. location pings, to to build a broader picture of where you've been and who you've met with without you having to provide consent. Um, The important thing there is cross-checked against other data sets, e.g. location pings. If they want to know where you've been, that's the data set that actually matters. It's not the contact records that other phones have uploaded, realistically. That's not the significant data. It's the other data that is available on your phone already. And if you're concerned about surveillance as a general principle i get i get why this councillor has said this but that is not the that is a concern about having your phone seized by police not a concern with having your phone seized by police and having this app installed
1: yeah and, and i mean the first of those is a very valid issue um the police shouldn't in most cases at least shouldn't be able to take your phone and Use the information and get on it against you. But also, I mean, it's, in, in his case, presumably Jonathan's talking about the state police, who you know, obviously a different, different government, federal government. So I don't see that they would have necessarily access to the federal government's COVID-safe information.
0: Yeah, I mean, even even setting aside the fact that it is expressly for. COVID-9 contact tracing. And again, any access for another reason under the current determination will be five years jail time. Um, yes. it, it also jurisdictionally is not the same people. Um, anyway, that's a bit of a complex winding one. Let's get to one that's a little bit easier. Claim six. Um, which is claim six. The app will route your data through Amazon offshore, meaning that US law enforcement can use the data. Yep. This one's a really clean one, at least to start with. The app is not going to route your data through Amazon offshore. The data is going to be stored domestically by Amazon. As uh, mentioned earlier, Minister Hunt has this determination, uh, which means that there is jail time of five years for transferring this data to any country other than Australia. Um, And that includes if Amazon stored the data offshore. Obviously, that would be a massive breach of you can't put the data (laughs) offshore. Overseas,
1: I mean, Amazon's had data centers in Australia for years. A couple of their data centers are in data centers I used to work with at work, actually. Hey! Um, So AWS has a couple of data centers at Equinix and Global Switch. And so basically these are just giant facilities. If you work for the companies, um, you can access uh, the, the storage networks. It's a very high security system and... There's really no reason for the data to traverse outside of Australia.
0: There is one small kind of wrinkle to this, which is that there is a 2018 US law that makes it legal for US law enforcement to obtain data held by US companies anywhere in the world, so that does include Australia. Yep. But Scott Morrison has directly ruled out the suggestion that that law will will apply, and he did that as early as the 24th of April. So the people that were posting this as an objection did so with the full knowledge that Scott Morrison had already refuted it. Morrison's statement may be inaccurate. Uh,
1: I believe that his statement might be inaccurate. So the Cloud Act, which is what you're referring to, that doesn't require American cloud providers to uh, provide information to law enforcement if they're subpoenaed. And so Scott Morrison and, and I believe a few other members of the government have said that, that no, they won't be able to. However, there is a grey area there. The United States have Effectively, a process for the Cloud Act where what's called a qualifying foreign government can appeal against uh, effectively the Cloud Act providing information to law enforcement agencies. Um, However, Australia is not currently considered a qualifying jurisdiction for that. So effectively, there, there is somewhat of a concern there.
0: I didn't know that. Okay.
1: Australia would need to become a qualifying foreign government to prevent that information being accessible to US law enforcement agencies. And The fact that it's being held in Australia for the purposes of the Cloud Act shouldn't matter all that much. Um, although I guess I think that there are probably some diplomatic niceties that even in the absence of us being a qualifying jurisdiction I I really doubt that any of the information would be requested. And I think that's probably the position that Scott Morrison is is taking and is coming from.
0: It would be a huge jurisdictional nightmare, um, for sure. Yeah. I think as well, the other thing is we've, we've talked about how law enforcement in general probably doesn't have a great deal of interest in this data. Yeah. I would say that that would still apply to US law enforcement on top of any other law enforcement if... US law enforcement has jurisdiction over the data on your phone for other reasons, which they would, because almost all the data on your phone would be data that is owned by US companies. A company. lot of
1: information would be managed.
0: I think it would be a very, very fringe case. I, I shouldn't say that it's false, um, although it is false that it will be routed through Amazon Offshore, but um, it's, it's yeah, it's it's pretty fringe case.
1: Yeah. Um... I mean the same thing. though, is if you don't want to give us information to the United States through this app, don't have similar information on Google, on um, any any Apple cloud-based infrastructure, on on anything like that.
0: Facebook would probably be one. <laughs>
1: yeah, obviously Facebook.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, those are those would be the pretty big ones. I don't love Jeff Bezos, but uh, I don't think this is. Yeah, I don't think this is the thing. Claim seven. Let's uh, let's get on to claim seven. Uh, real quick, one: uh, the government is racing this through without a proper debate. I mean, they did. Yeah. they did the apps out.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's a quick one. Maybe something maybe mitigating there is that they haven't actually started really using it in earnest yet. So I think there was that article you sent me before um, about how people downloaded it, but the uh, capability is not operational, and that's probably relevant there.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, uh, so this is slightly misleading from the ABC. What they've led with is that if a person tests positive to coronavirus today, the information on the app will be of no use to health authorities because the states and territories are yet to finalise how the data can be used. Now, that is very technically correct. You wouldn't be able to use it in relation to a positive test today. It's not that the app is not already collecting that data. Yeah. So if you have the app and other people have the app, it's still making those connections. It's still building that network of who you've made contact with. Um, but, yeah, it is it is a bit strange that um, while the app is in place um, and is ostensibly supposed to uh, help with addressing positive coronavirus tests, um, there hasn't been a use case for it yet um, and health authorities are still debating how you would use the information in the app to contact people and all that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's something as well that's going kind to of come down to you know, state and territory health departments and agencies They'll each have their own process for how they're using it um, and for what policies and procedures need to be implemented.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it, it kind of undermines Scott Morrison's point about, and and we'll get to this in a, in a second, uh, about... It being a reason to ease restrictions, we don't have to go through these in order. Let's say, let's do that one now. Claim eleven. Hmm. Scrolling down to claim eleven, the government is using COVID Safe as an excuse to lift restrictions. Yeah. Scott Morrison has said that Australia will have earned an early mark because we've all been doing such a good job of downloading the app, um, and so we can all go home a moment, or, or stop going home a moment early because. Hooray, we've all downloaded this app. As we've mentioned, the states and territories do not know how to use the data yet, or they haven't locked down how they're going to be using the data yet. And the uptake of it is not 40%. It's 40% of 40%. Um, We don't have that 40% of people downloading the app yet. So yes, we're on the right trajectory to hit that figure, Um, but... There are concerns here, and this should not be the central pillar of the government de-escalating other social distancing restrictions that are still really important. This is not the single tool.
1: It's also sort of being pushed to the states a bit now, or the states and territories, in terms of when to lift restrictions. So, like South Australia, obviously, we're in a really good position now. We may have eradicated COVID within our borders, outside of the known cases so that's really positive if other states made similar decisions that could be a problem if it was just based on the app data and i do think that the government is is using the app maybe a bit too heavily as part of it but they've they have a fairly good benchmark for what requirements would need to be met before we can open up the country uh, they're just i think leaning on COVID safe in a sort of media capacity
0: Right. So they are actually meeting other terms. It's just that they really want to push this app. So they're kind of making it contingent on this app in a way that it's not actually. They've got other reasons for lifting these restrictions. They're just being disingenuous.
1: So, I mean, the Northern Territory, for instance, they've lifted some of their restrictions yesterday. They're opening pubs up on the 15th. They're doing that because they I think have three active cases in the state and they have sort of the infrastructure that we need to deal with any further
0: outbreaks. So you're going to get your Christmas presents anyway, but still be very good for Santa. Um, Yeah. 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 Okay. Claim 10. This is kind of related to, there are other things the government should be doing, um, which is another claim, claim 10 on my list. I don't know why I'm numbering them. I realize I should just say all the claims, but if you are following along at home, at patreon.com slash neptune today. There are a whole bunch of things the government could be doing um, investing in healthcare and healthcare workers, providing for work from home infrastructure. Goodness knows we've talked about providing for work from home infrastructure, <laughs> including things like high speed internet. Um, these are all true facts, yeah. but not necessarily relevant to COVID safe. The government could easily do both of these things. These are yeah. these are all things the government should be doing. So I've said true bit irrelevant. It's it's not zero sum.
1: Not at all. No, I totally agree.
0: Cool. Uh, let's go to claim nine. The app itself could be around for a long time. This is one of the tougher ones. Yep. Um And and it kind of ties into what happens when the determination expires. What happens uh, when the legislation is in place? But you know the legislation could also itself be revoked. I know that's a more of a fringe case again, but um, COVID-19 does not have a fixed end date. There will not be a time where we can, or that there may be a time where we can say there are no known cases, but ultimately it's going to be a really long time before we're rid of this bloody thing. Yeah, And it's unclear when this program will be switched off. So switching it on could be concerning in certain ways.
1: I guess I probably wouldn't be surprised if it was something that we basically have until there's a vaccine. Um, although that's mainly me speculating.
0: Yeah. And and the earliest times we're looking at vaccines, I mean, there are some organisations talking about preliminary results in June, July, but I'm not sure how much we'd rely on that. Hmm. There have been human trials, but we won't know the one year results of those until kind of March, April next year. Um, yep. So... We're, we're looking at a way off. We're looking at a period of months. Um, we're looking at a, you know, a marathon, not a sprint. The government has said, helpfully, users will be prompted to delete the app from their phone at the end of the Australian pandemic. Yep. That's a kind of a, a strange phrase to, to use, I think. Oh, it's a
1: hilarious phrase. Um, it, it really, to me says the government doesn't understand that Australia is part of the world, but
0: yes. Well, generally, pandemic can indicate have a pandemic multiple in one countries. Country. Yeah, well, there's um, already not an Australian pandemic. Um, but really,
1: if, if anything, it illustrates laziness more than anything. It's just a, a terrible use of language.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I just want to be a pedant on top of everything else. <laughs> on top of my other flaws. <laughs> this is the one that I th- I've kind of saved a little bit for you um, because I know that this is something that you want to talk about a little bit more. Um, yeah. The idea that it contributes to a surveillance state in the long term, which is a bad thing, even if the app itself isn't bad, it, it may contribute to normalizing surveillance. Um, even yep. though it's designed for a specific purpose, it has certain legal uh, parameters and certain kind of operational parameters. Is it bad simply because we are allowing ourselves to be surveilled?
1: Yeah, um I mean that's obviously that's a very attitudinal question. That comes down to your individual perspectives and views on e- effectively what information should be shared. So not so much a tech question, not so much something that, that fits into the purview of what we normally wouldn't be talking about. But I I think there is some valid questions, uh valid concerns in terms of when does it stop? Um and at what point are we making a sort of spouse deal and bargain for maybe health or, or safety over privacy and security yeah i think that for me it reminds me so much of the my health record scheme and so much of the criticism the issues people had with that the backstory there i um supported my health record at a sort of customer support level for the uh, eight months okay um dur- during the opt-out period and so many of the people that were wanting to opt out it it wasn't really anything necessarily wrong with the system or the infrastructure or the legislation even it was that they were worried legislation would be changed or that the government wouldn't conform to the legislation or they just had this this general feeling but it's pushing Australia towards being a state that they don't want to live in um one thing I heard there a lot was some older people who were comparing that to the Australia card um, and sort of this broad view of, uh, of a state where everyone has you know an individual identifier, which we now have for healthcare. We have the individual healthcare identifiers and sort of everyone has one identity and the government can see that identity and the accumulation of data together and the accumulation of information is something that people are very concerned about. Um, and I, I think that's valid, but I don't see this necessarily. um
0: are it. I, I
1: don't think it gives political cover to expand the surveillance state. And um, we do, in my opinion, have real big issues with the surveillance state. I, I think people who have been effectively knee-jerk supportive of the app we probably are contributing to it a, a system where we are normalising surveillance.
0: Yeah, I guess... That doesn't
1: necessarily mean the app's bad, but it's something to be cautious about.
0: And I guess part of the reason that I paired this with the government is rushing this through without a proper debate in the article is that I think that there are two ways to look at rushing it through without a debate. There is the... The government is always going to be able to rush things through without a debate. Yep. And there's the... We should let the government rush through some things without debate, but the fact that we haven't a debate is something we should take note of and come back to. And the fact that they haven't... Like, they have addressed some privacy concerns here, but they didn't say we were addressing these privacy concerns. They just kind of did it. And I think there should be... There's some element there that could be improved re-messaging where the government says, we understand you know, we understand this information is not information you want to relinquish. We understand yeah. and we're not going to ask you to relinquish this information under all circumstances, but we're in a pandemic.
1: Yeah, and that's something that they haven't really done.
0: And that's the thing that could never come from this government. It's it's It could never come... Can you imagine that coming out of Peter Dutton's mouth? You know, the, the, that I think is the thing that is still a sticking point for a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, I think it was point. similar... Emotionally, I, I think there are some some comparisons between this and the handling of the bushfire emergency, which is that that and I think i have certainly handled this a lot better. Um, but one would hope broadly. There's the issue of not earnest communication, not not communicating from a place where you're trying to make the other people understand what's going on, trying to make them feel more comfortable, more secure, but you're basically saying, "Look, we've got this." Here's how we've got it. And, and that's it.
0: This is the last one. Uh, Claim 12. The payoff isn't worth it. Uh, yep. And this is, the, this is the big one, right?
1: This is what we find out in a month or two. Um,
0: yeah. Does this help us positively identify cases? Does this make it easier? I mean, is this a better process than the other process? Because ultimately, this isn't a choice necessarily of do we download this app? As you've mentioned earlier, it's a choice of do we download this app or go through the manual contact tracing process, which is find out every person you've been in contact with, chase them down, find out their contact information, and try to build a picture of who people have contacted with that have coronavirus. Yes, that is a system that is more targeted. You have individual people that have got coronavirus working through those cases, but I don't know about you. I don't really collect phone numbers of people. <laughs> and I don't really know the phone numbers of someone that I was, you know, in a queue next to for 15 minutes if I got way late at the supermarket or someone that as restrictions open up, I ate lunch in the same food court as or I got coffee at the same cafe as. It would be a lot harder to track that sort of stuff. It, it may be impossible if if we're talking about people being in close proximity, that that are incidentally in close proximity rather than because they know each other. Mm. So it's a choice between this and a process that is potentially more fallible in certain ways.
1: Yeah, Um, I I think so. I I think there's still the expectation of collecting the data, but um, it would be handled differently if it was on paper. I, I don't imagine that this app will effectively resolve COVID in Australia. I think it's an extra tool that we have. It's something else that adds to our sort of arsenal of of things we use to deal with the situation.
0: Have you downloaded it?
1: Yes. Um, So I downloaded it. uh, Partially to test it, I wanted to see sort of what information was required of me, if there was anything I needed to do, what app permissions it asked for. So I've had it on in the background. I I use Bluetooth headphones a lot, so my phone's battery sort of lasts uh, 10 hours at a time.
0: I mean, I already play Pokemon Go, man. (laughs) My battery's screwed.
1: Basically, I, I, I downloaded it. I'll use it. I think it's a good idea. I totally I, understand people who don't want to, but don't feel comfortable with it. But um, I, I would just like everyone to try to look at the information and the facts to the various as much as they can before they make a decision either way.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I have a lot of concerns about this government. You know, I've I've probably been presenting a bit of a pro-app stance here because a lot of the I'm debunking a bunch of criticisms here right like Mm -hmm. of course I'm taking a relatively pro app stance if I'm debunking some negative cases (laughs) I do have some concerns about it I have downloaded it to take screenshots of it for the article I then deleted it ahead of this conversation because I'm a journalist and I have integrity (laughs) and I said that I would base it on this conversation and now I'm going to but I feel like I'm in roughly the same position I was in before which is that As you say, I think there are concerns about a surveillance state. I think there are concerns about this government and the way that they have been cavalier around the treatment of people's personal data. And on the vast majority of other issues, I would be not only refusing to download it myself, but I would be saying people shouldn't. Mm -hmm. You know, I would base it on the facts. But in general, my disposition is not towards trusting the government regarding privacy of data collection. Mm -hmm. In this case... I think that this is a tool that's going to make things easier for health officials at a time where we are really, you know, Australia is doing well. We have a very good health system, but tracking down those cases is still tough. And I I want to see us able to open up the things we're going to open up with confidence. I'm really concerned about how this is going to legitimize this government, turning a blind eye to certain communities. I think that's something that I wasn't really thinking about prior to this conversation it's it's something that i kind of missed because i was like uh, obviously people who don't own smartphones but i hadn't quite thought about how that's localized in certain communities and that's something i'm going to try and pay attention to more yeah as this unfolds
1: i think again like older australians communities of color communities of low sort of socio economic status they're all less likely to be able to use this and to be able to engage in it and also may have more concerns or objections from a privacy basis but i I do think it's fair to not trust this government absolutely Uh, there was a tweet i saw which was basically "I, i can't trust them with the census with centrelink data with medicare data to respect a journalist's privacy to not bug unionists so why would i trust this government with COVID safe and i totally understand that perspective And I think that I think there is a problem that people downloading this are probably more open to being somewhat surveilled. For me, this is very much a I will get it this time uh, for this reason, but never again, or maybe not never again. But, you know, if if I'm asked to surveil myself in the future, I'm not going to be any more agreeable to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I opted out of my health record. I yep. tried not to participate in the census and then it was filled out on my behalf by, uh, by my housemate.
1: <laughs> census people are wily.
0: Privacy people. I certainly would be on your side on most things, but I can't find myself to, to opt out of this one. Mm. This has been a lovely and long chat, I should say. Thank you for so much of your time. <laughs> Do you have anything else you wanted to say on it? I'm actually going to download it now. While we finish off the conversation, which is very antisocial of me,
1: look, I think probably the most important thing for me, maybe stepping outside of the sort of IT side of things for a while, is that anyone that downloads this, I really want to still be weary about privacy, about security, about surveillance in the future. I see this as being a specific opportunity, a specific situation where basically the pros outweigh the cons but I hate the idea that this is the Trojan horse through which the Australian public become accustomed to our information being available to the government on a daily basis.
0: I will also say, if you are going to download the app, remember that you can use a pseudonym if you are concerned about your name being attached to it. Weirdly, this is one of the things that I didn't point out in the article. In the iPhone version of the app, it says you will need to enter a name, mobile number, age range and postcode. In the Android version of the app, it says you'll need to enter a full name, which may be a pseudonym. It actually specifies. That's true of both versions of the app. Um, It just doesn't specify it on iPhone because the language is slightly different. That's, in my opinion, uh, bullshit. (laughs) And it's really weird that they've used a different text in explaining it on different operating systems. But you can use a pseudonym. Mm. That's my last moment of tinfoil hat. I want it noted that I have registered under the name Neptune today, and it has accepted that as a pseudonym. Wonderful. Cool. I've got Bluetooth on, I've enabled Bluetooth, and it's just going to ask me to keep the app running. Yeah. Now I've, now I've got this app. Great. What a lovely shield this person's got. I I was, because I've, uh, I'm used to mid two thousands browser games. I'm just tapping on this lady's shield in case there's an Easter egg that's been hidden in there by the, by the developer like the secret bonus app. That's the bit you tap when you're a law enforcement person that wants to use this to track people down.
1: Yeah, of course. it is a. It, it does look like a very tappable shield.
0: Well, it, it has like the video game lighting where it's like, click on this thing. It
1: clearly draws your eyes to it. It's not great user-centered design.
0: I, I think it's a button. I know it's not a button, but I think it's a button. <laughs> So clearly I'm the most qualified person to be talking about this. Thanks so much for your time, Angus. I always appreciate obviously having you on the podcast, but especially for this issue, it's a big one. And yeah, thanks so much.
1: No, not at all. Thank
0: you.
2: Are we we back? Are we back from
0: the interview? No, we're not back yet. Hang on. Just wait a sec. And now we're back.
2: (laughs) Well, what an informative interview! Again, just some some real clear revelations. I never would have picked that the butler did it.
0: Can I just say, I didn't realise the butler in Miss Fisher is separately called Mister Butler, independent of his profession.
2: Oh yeah, straight up, they uh, we're not messing around.
0: I thought he like had a separate name, but everyone called him Mister Butler because that was like the polite way you refer to the butler. <laughs> I didn't realize he's like his last. His full name is Tobias Butler. It's
2: like finding out that "to buttle" is a word.
0: To buttle. Yeah,
2: butler bottles. Whoa. <laughs> and uh, and a valet and a valet are, are two different things, and I can't explain the difference. But someone that paid more attention to Downton Abbey would be able to. Valet takes your car. Valet looks after your clothes, and you can't have done the same thing at the same time. Just. Time period-wise, these cars wouldn't have been invented. So.
0: But if you were a Transformer, then it's possible you would use both.
2: I, I guess. I don't know. if No shade to the Transformers. Obviously better than a Decepticon, but I don't know how I'd feel about them mucking around in my linens, you know? Feel like they couldn't tie a cravat.
0: I think that is one of the things we should be counting in their favour. <laughs> Fight me, Matt Preston. Um...
2: <laughs> Bring cravats back. I'm against Justin on this one very strongly and four... In favour of cravats,
0: they're awesome. Pro-cravat, anti Monte Carlo stance on this podcast. Uh Yeah, I'm bringing the truth. I'm going to try and chat to some eels, and by that I mean I did earlier. Let's hear. They have specified that we should do it for a five-minute window and then let someone else join the call instead, and that we shouldn't yell at the eels. (laughs) Okay, that's good. So this is going to be a quiet chat. We're going to have a quiet chat with some eels here. On Radio Lockdown. This is a first. Our first eel guests.
2: I hope this works. I want to see an
0: eel. Me too. I'm doing this as well. No. Let's see if I get some eels. And if you just call any of those numbers. Yeah, I'm trying a
2: different one. I want to see an eel.
0: And we're just going to keep trying to do this for 20 minutes. (laughs) Because they may not let us through. They've got five email addresses, so I don't know if, like, different eels are more popular <laughs> than other eels. At the moment, I'm calling eel number four.
2: Well, I will not call eel number four. Yeah, you should We flies. can compete
0: for eel number four if you like.
2: Oh, but then what if, if you get it and I don't? I'd be so distraught, you know?
0: We've got to compete for that. <laughs> sweet, sweet eel, love? If I'm talking to the eel, then you can say, I'll be your huckleberry <laughs> and drop in. <laughs>
2: that would be just sniping some, some eel from you. Snipe that some eel at Some sweet, attention. sweet eel
0: FaceTime. The FaceTime noise isn't going to be audio poison, but I'm so excited. So, of course, Adelaide is only half an hour off of Tokyo, which makes this all very uh, kind of convenient for us. And I realized it was probably going to be around the time we were recording. Oh, I think I just added an eel to my (laughs) contacts.
2: You can try this again tomorrow. Because I'm not going to lie, Justin. I will be trying again tomorrow.
0: (laughs) So we'll be able to do this today, tomorrow, and Tuesday. Um, Unfortunately, by the time this goes live, I think they will have had all the eel FaceTimes that they need.
2: (laughs) To be fair, if this has gone to the population of Japan, they wouldn't need a lot of... um, of Japanese people taking it up, like, <laughs> to champion an adorable cause.
0: I now have all the eels in my contact, so that's fine. It'll be much quicker as a process now.
2: So many people are FaceTiming those eels, I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I get the okay. sense that there's lots of people FaceTiming these eels because I can't see them. You're on Blast Eels.
2: <laughs> um, ooh, now, it is a toss-up between a little bit of cucumber and I want to be a janitor's child. <gasps> There's some eels. What? Oh my god!
0: Oh my god. I can
2: see eels. That's so intense. I'm not even seeing them. Hey guys! <laughs> <laughs> I want to see eels. This is
0: this is genuinely the best part of my day. Oh,
2: that's nice.
0: So this is this is great. Um, I don't know what to do now. Can I get, a, like, a newspaper with today's date? I don't know what I should do.
2: <laughs> just so just they proof. can have a taste of the outside world. What would they normally experience at an aquarium? Have you got, like, a like a big cup that you can pretend is a slushy that you're just slurping on obnoxiously while you're staring at them?
0: I'm going to eat some Monte Carlos for these eels. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't so depress them. This is no one a, wants to see you eating Monte Carlos. Okay. This is what a
0: Monte Carlo looks like.
2: And we'll see you eating <laughs> chop chip cookies.
0: This is what a Monte Carlo looks like. Eels. Uh, it's crucial. So it's a biscuit that we have in Australia. And
2: <laughs> guys, don't listen. To, it's a bad biscuit. It's no good.
0: What I'm it gonna, is? I
2: see. Your little faces lighten up with a bit of hope, but no, that's not the biscuit you want.
0: What it is is it's a a biscuit. That's got like a cream filling that's surrounded in strawberry jam. (laughs) Oh my goodness. There's so many eels. Okay. I'm going to send this photo through to you. Yay! Oh my goodness. This is so adorable. I've just sent you through a bunch of messages.
2: Show me eels. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at your little face. You're so excited.
0: I'm so keen for eels. Oh I'm eating Monte Carlo's into the mic because I'm so excited for eels.
2: I'm not going to lie, man. They're kind of creepy looking. <laughs> I'm obviously very happy for you and your, your beautiful experience with wildlife, but they are legit creepy looking, and I, I, I don't know <laughs> none of that. They're like seaweed that gained sentience.
0: So, my, my friends, the eels, if you would like to uh, support us at Neptune today.
2: <laughs> you know, like eels do.
0: The eels are complicit in this ad pivot. Oh, no, some of them are, are actually going inside their burrows because they're worried about the future of science. we got to draw them back out.
2: Oh, you feel they're not just like, oh, I don't want to talk to this guy. He's trying to sell me something.
0: We gotta, we gotta draw these. Oh goodness, they're like swinging at each other.
2: Well, that's because they're creepy little blobby
0: worm things. This is amazing. They're actually like retreating when people walk past, because there's still the keepers in there, so they're mm. kind of retreating when people walk past. There was actually a guy that I'm pretty sure took a photo of me in front of them, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I'm worried that I am the Matthew McConaughey doing bingo on a big screen to these eels.
2: You are for someone that was so concerned about how totalitarian and spooky that would be. You really embraced it. You are an evil overlord to eels.
0: You're quite right. Now,
2: try saying that quickly. Evil overlord to eels. Evil overlord to eels. To eels.
0: I should read bingo numbers to these eels.
2: <laughs> you should pull a Sir Patrick and just gently read them Shakespearean sonnets. That would be nice. Also, they would probably appreciate the blood and violence because they're tiny, horrifying
0: monsters. There's genuinely researchers like coming up to the other side and like seeing whether the eels retreat when they approach. So I think they must be testing... Because the, the theory is that a not-real human face will mm. kind of make them more comfortable around visitors so they won't retreat into their uh, areas. So then... Having people actually come up and and test is a really interesting kind of component of it. So this is really cool. Um, I'm really into this. I'm going to drop off the call with the eels now, I think, and I'm going to see if I can tell you very quickly which eel it is, and you can jump on the call yourself. Would you like to do that if I time it out quickly?
2: Uh, No, they are quite disturbing.
0: They are quite disturbing, but let's give it a go. Okay. I'm going to drop off the call.
2: No, wait. I'm not in front of my thing.
0: Okay. I love you eels. (laughs) This is genuinely my favourite thing that's happened all week. Oh, they're they're now, as someone approaches, they're genuinely, like, retreating and stuff. I'll show you that. I'm going to take a screenshot of this bit.
2: Now, which eel am I talking to?
0: It won't show me while I'm in the call. So I'm going to have to hang up and tell you quickly, okay? Okay. Do you have all their numbers?
2: I I can't. I have the ability to quite uh, type quickly. Let's do this thing.
0: Okay. We're looking at... Eel number five. Can you get in there? Yeah, FaceTime these eels. <laughs> I hope it works.
2: That would be cool.
0: Surely. Surely you'd have to be the first person after I hung up.
2: <laughs> I know, man. Them, them somebody highly sought after eels.
0: How many people in Japan are queuing up to chat with these eels? Yeah, nah. Dropped out? Okay. Yep. Give it one more crack.
2: Show me eels. I was so
0: shocked when the eels actually came up on the screen. I was like, wait a minute, I'm looking at eels. <laughs> That's not just my reflection.
2: I keep on trying to like uh, manage my expectations <laughs> between like the call. I'm like, well, if I look away and there are eels there, that'll be great. But if I look away and there aren't, it's still a nice day.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, this is the business of journalism. It's really, <laughs> you just slowly FaceTime eels until you can get on the chat.
2: Oh, well, no eels for Darcy today.
0: That's okay. Uh, I've got some great shots of myself <laughs> looking at eels. You've got them now.
2: And they're creepy.
0: It is kind of creepy, but oh my goodness.
2: How happy you are is also of note and creepy.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that my joy is too much. I think my favorite one is the one where I do have a Monte Carlo in my mouth. <laughs> Maybe it's a bit much.
2: Oh, seven more
0: photos. Oh yeah, yeah. The one at the (laughs) end is them retreating.
2: Oh, so oh, you look sad.
0: (laughs) I was, I was sad. They were retreating, and that's what they're not supposed to do when they're being Facetimed by a giant face of an Australian science magazine. They're
2: supposed to be happy about McConaughey as Overlord.
0: (laughs) I should have shown them the magazine. That would have been the thing.
2: That would have been some cool advertising. But You're you know right. what
0: drew them out? You know what they stayed up the whole time for was Monte Carlo's.
2: Yeah, that's not. That's not accurate
0: at all. I reckon we have a solution here. If eels are you know if eels are hiding in their burrows, this is nothing. So
2: if they've retreated, does that mean six more weeks of winter? That's something. There yep. you go. Yep.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> Punk's a tawny eel. Oh dear. This has really made my day. That's beautiful, man. What a lovely way to spend a Sunday. I can't believe that actually happened. I
2: hope other zoos are doing it. I'm going to Google around, see what other animals we can find.
0: I don't know how we can um, escalate Topless. from here. So, this is the <laughs> end of the podcast. Uh, this was, I hope you enjoyed uh, the last ever episode of Radio Lockdown. <laughs>
2: Justin's just been taken into the eels Sand, but I was going to say web But it's not really appropriate you Know what's crazy? I've been watching nature Documentaries all bloody fortnight And you get to see real nature
0: Well Dusty, if you want to do that, you can do that Tomorrow or Tuesday It's
2: going to be so weird and that I will be at home and I'll be like Working on something, working from home, and I'll just be like, "Hey, instead of doing like another like pointless quiz or something that you usually do to distract yourself from work, very successfully, how about you just try and look at some eels
0: instead?" One of my friends just messaged me, "Hey, what you doing this afternoon?" And I get to respond just with, "Oh, I've just been showing some eels in Monte Carlo." So <laughs> that is quite good. How's your day? I was gonna suggest just peeping at eels. <laughs> what have you been up to?
2: Just eels?
0: Just eels? You know, eels. Oh, man, I've got so much work to do. How are we going to edit this?
2: I know. Yeah, sometimes when we're chatting and I'm like, oh, none of that was good. Like, oh, I guess it's Justin's problem.
0: <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'll put an ad. I'll solve it with an ad. You're listening to Radio Lockdown, a proud member of the Neptune Podcast Empire. Neptune Today is a free public interest science magazine
2: run by me. Uh, I'm going to give you a... Marker, because
0: my cousin's about to come in. Gotcha, I love it.
2: (laughs) You can invite
0: invite your cousin on the podcast.
2: (laughs) Lindsay, say hey to Justin and all of us, three podcast listeners. Hello,
0: three podcast listeners and Justin. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks, Lindsay. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) I can't believe we have two guests this week.
2: (laughs) I didn't even take you outside to listen to the birds. So, yeah, we got that segment
0: locked and loaded if we need it. you like us? And it's not a pyramid scheme. So that's good. That's one of the greatest tricks of podcasting. Whenever you hear an ad, it was just that the conversation ran out of steam. (laughs) There there was this really long conversation about a Scottish festival, and now I don't know where I am.
2: (laughs) Tell you where you're not. Looney duke.
0: Because you can feel your toes. Uh, what were the things that you think are industries that are going to thrive or suffer?
2: Mate, I do not have
0: one this week. Neither do I. Oh, no,
2: no, 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 no. I read an article. I believe I sent it to you during the week. And the article was about how sex toy purchasing is on the rise. Nice. Link.
0: I'm so proud it's an industry
2: that's thriving, especially in regional areas, because the foot traffic that you would get in the cities doesn't occur so much, but everybody is a wet, like sex shops weren't um, covered by any of the business closes. And also that sex shops have quite good hygiene and staff that are quite knowledgeable about that stuff already. They do. So they're like, Hey, what do you need to know? I can tell you all these things. They're having a bit of trouble with vibrator cleaner because, um, just it it's sold out because everyone's hyper aware of cleanliness. Good job, guys. Uh, But I think they've topped up, I guess. So that was one. And it makes sense because people are being safe. And if you are entering into a relationship, I did have someone stumble up to me in Tinder, I guess. Like, yep. I haven't been active on Tinder in months. And some guy was like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know where you, you want to go with this.
0: This is still here? <laughs> yeah. Like-
2: I thought that these were just going to shut down for six months, but no, love in the, love in the time of COVID is, is still a thing, as evidenced by the uptick, because you can get like ones that wirelessly connect you to your partner so you can control what's happening to them, and that's nice, and those sorts of things. So, sex toys, booming.
0: I mean, love in the time of corona is is the better part would have been
2: better yeah. You know, that would have been the better joke i'm um, sure it's been made many times no we the first I ones. stuffed it up
0: <laughs> um yeah no it's it's great and uh you know shout out to people in that industry uh you you crush it um and it is an industry that is like really good at hygiene really on top of that stuff so good on them i'm obviously a terrible prude so i don't know anything <laughs> about any of this but I'm, I'm glad for people for whom that is, that is a good thing.
2: Because of the way that New Zealand's decriminalisation of prostitution, oh, sex work, sorry, works, they're actually being covered by government subsidies at the moment. So Australians aren't, that sucks. But in New Zealand, it's decriminalised, just a regular job. So they're getting some of the government subsidies flowing their way. So how good is that for, for New Zealand? <laughs> sorry, Australia.
0: I think uh, this is the last controversial political attack we're allowed on this podcast, um, or it collapses in on itself, but New Zealand is better than us. This is this is the strong political stance I'm taking.
2: Yeah, it's, it's got a lot of marks in its face. But, yeah. I immediately went to go devil's advocate and was like, oh, we, we do some things, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, no, they're really...
0: The amount of, I'm sure that... <laughs> amount of pro-New Zealand propaganda from you I've had to cut out of this podcast would seem to contradict that. <laughs>
2: It's such a good country. I miss travel, man. You can't even plan anything because you're like, oh, is this country going to be a garbage fire? New Zealand won't be. And the um, Prime Minister is considering lifting some of the restrictions, like the first international travel restrictions that it looks like he would consider lifting, would be those to New Zealand because of how much it
0: has crushed COVID. Uh, Yeah, well, in fact, uh, Peter Dutton, uh, our good friend Peter Dutton, Um, gave a special exemption this week for the, yes, New Zealand Warriors, the NRL team, um, have been given an exemption to fly to Australia to isolate ahead of the NRL season. So there is actually already an instance of travel between the two countries, that one rugby team.
2: A good sign for the future between our countries, and uh, it would be good if we could extend that to um, protecting some people from New Zealand that are on visas that can't get those payments. But anyway,
0: I'm really stoked that the warriors can come out and play. Uh, that's, <laughs>
2: that, that was really good. Thank you. That's not, I've never seen that movie. I just,
0: it's, it's okay. I believe it's 40 years old.
2: <laughs> I've just seen it referenced in that painful episode of community. So I'm good to go. Apparently. <laughs> Come out and play. Look.
0: Warriors, what? come out and
2: play. Yeah,
0: it's roughly that. <laughs> I'll cut yeah. it in. You're listening to it now. Oh, good. What?
2: <laughs> Justin, you nailed it. I did. Almost as much as I nailed that tiger noise the other week.
0: You crushed it so much that you thought you'd done it twice, which is fantastic, <laughs> and not that I did it in. Yeah, I think the business that's going to thrive is eels.
2: <laughs> Pro eel stance coming out strong.
0: Yeah, I think uh, people are going to be really big into eels. I genuinely think that uh, aquaria are going to do better than zoos, right? Because Aquaria already have a fairly fixed barrier between animals and people. This is true. We could still go into like the nocturnal area where they're all behind the glass and stuff. You know what's
2: nocturnal? Kiwis. You know what's hilarious to watch run? Kiwis.
0: I'm just going to cut straight from travel to uh, New Zealand is opening up, especially for the New Zealand warriors. And then I'm going to cut that straight to, you know, what's fun to watch run Kiwis. I just love watching kiwis run. That's why I'll be tuning into the NRL. It sounds like it sounds like I'm hunting
2: them for sport. It's horrible.
0: The most dangerous game also, of all.
2: A rugby player would not be a good long distance runner if you were going to hunt some Like if you were going to hunt a man, like it, you, no, 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 no. Don't put any of that in.
0: You're right. You're right. You've successfully moved away from talking about dodgy topics on this show. <laughs> if you were going to hunt a man, is how you started that sentence. Oh God. Anyway,
2: um, uh, uh, so I I talked about the sex industry.
0: Well, yeah, and I talked about heels. Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: Okay. Well, good. We can we can end this here. Please end my agony. <laughs> Alright. Implicate myself in more crimes. <laughs> It is, as always, been a delight, but um, I'm, I'm going to go because I'm sad. I didn't get to talk to eels. I, I just don't know what to do with myself now.
0: What you need to do with I'm yourself is spend the next two days trying to FaceTime eels. Tracking
2: down those damn eels. And if
0: you do get to chat to any eels, please uh, let me know what it's like. so many pictures. Send me man. so many pictures. It was, it was good fun.
2: Uh, I'm also going to try and find if there are any other uh, zoos that will allow us to do this. Even if it's uh, a virtual tour, I think it's
0: It's fun. I'm going to send you a lot of links this week. Yeah, please do. Uh, This was uh, great fun for me, anyway, the person that got to see eels.
2: (laughs) Boo! All right, Justin, good chat. Goodbye, you beloved of eels.
0: Goodbye, Darcy, lesser eel experiencer.
2: Boo! Every Sunday you leave your wife
0: Say
1: it's business, honey, I've got to roll.
0: You've been listening to Radio Lockdown, a Neptune podcast.